Hello, and welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable, the only podcast that dares to be both on topic and on location, whether physical or virtual. My name is Tom Hollingsworth, and I'm a part of the Gestalt IT family. And each episode, we bring you the opinions and perspective of a group of IT luminaries. But we don't just talk about a topic. We have a premise, a very focused idea that we want to discuss. Before we get into the premise for this episode, I'd like to take a moment for each of our guests to introduce themselves. Greg? I'm Greg Stewart. I blog at vdestination.com, and you can find me on Twitter at vdestination. Paul? Hi, I'm Paul Stringflow. You'll find me on Twitter at techstringy and also my blog at techstringy.com. And Craig? Hey, I'm Craig Connors. You can find me on Twitter at egregious. I am the VP and CTO for the SD-WAN and SASE business at VMware. All right. And thank you all for joining us today. Uh, let's jump into the premise of today's episode. Now, unless you've been living under a very large rock for several months or possibly even years, you've heard of the cloud. And there's a very good chance that your organization is transforming its strategy to include more cloud usage, more applications and workloads moving to the cloud. And the odds are even better that you've experienced some friction with that over the years. And the current state of the world where everyone is working from home and our offices are not where the majority of our data processing is occurring has either accelerated your transition to cloud or worse yet, accelerated the friction that you're seeing as things are being transitioned to the cloud. There are ways to help and there is technology available that will make this transition easier. And that's the premise of today's episode, that you do need cloud gateways to make your cloud accelerate, your cloud transition happen. All right, now I'm going to go ahead and I'm actually going to toss this first question to Craig, because Craig, as part of the VMware SD-WAN business unit, you guys have got a lot of experience when it comes to cloud gateways and doing SD-WAN. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about how cloud gateways and SD-WAN work together? Yeah, thanks, Tom. I think, you know, a lot of traditional networking focused on site-to-site -site connectivity and optimizing site-to-site -site connectivity. And even a lot of SD-WAN vendors pin their focus on how do I optimize communication between sites? But as you mentioned in the intro, applications are moving to the cloud uh, and workloads are moving from the DC to the cloud with things like AWS and Azure. And so we see this transformation accelerating. So from the beginning, back when we were VeloCloud, a startup, and now as VMware SD-WAN, we've had this notion of a cloud gateway, which is you can think of it like a head end that you would traditionally deploy in your data center, but it's operated as a service. It sits in regional points of presence that are on ramps to various SaaS apps or IAS apps. So a high quality connection to these cloud apps. And then you get the same SD-WAN benefits that you get site to site, you get site to cloud as well. So multi-link aggregation, error correction, all of those benefits that optimize your traffic access, you can get them say for Zoom, just like you would get them for an on-prem UCAS solution. You know, it's funny, I think all the way back to my days of working in unified communications and, and the idea that, that you just described is something I used to call tail end hop off, where if I want to make a long distance phone call, I, I route it over the WAN and then I actually make it as a local call somewhere where I have that point of presence. And if, in those days, it was just, I want to save a little bit of money on my long distance. But what you're describing is very much a 
bigger thing where we're increasing performance for our users significantly by dropping their traffic out into the cloud much closer to where their application lives. So instead of making the accountants happy, we're making everybody happy. Uh, now, Greg, you have a lot of experience in the VMware world and you've been building these things for your customers for quite a while. How do you see cloud gateways accelerating and enhancing the transitions that we have from traditional on-premises workloads into the cloud? Sure, great question. Um, love this premise. So, um, you know, over the past 20 years or so, I've been in the data center space, both federal and commercial. And what I'm seeing currently is that customers are wanting the idea of moving to the cloud, but are afraid of losing the performance they would have from an on-premise on, on, on data center type solution. So when we talk to customers about moving to the cloud, whether it's Fed or commercial, um, they want to know, well, number one, how long does it take? Is it, is it secure? Are we talking about data encryption? Um, how do I trust that my data you know, in transit is going to be you know, received on the other end and going to maintain its integrity? So those are all big ideas and big questions. And a lot of those things are also stumbling blocks for a lot of organizations that are wanting to move to the cloud. So, you know, in, in regards to cloud gateways, I think you absolutely need a cloud gateway in order to provide you that kind of performance that you're expecting to get um, from, you know, from a data center perspective. So when I come to customers or when I'm building it out, that, that portion, that WAN optimization has to be there for them in order for them to feel warm and fuzzy about the performance of their workloads moving from on-premise to the cloud. So I, I think it's definitely a, a big bonus. Um, and at this point, really, I think going forward, as more and more organizations um, adopt the cloud, it's going to be a necessity. So, Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that, Greg, because one of the things that I feel like not enough people talk about when it comes to um, cloud migration is that security aspect of it. I mean, yes, we are aware that cloud providers will back a semi truck full of hard drives up to your data center and copy all the data in and they will just snowmobile it right into one of their facilities. But I don't know how secure that data is along transit. But I know that a lot of SD-WAN providers have already started transitioning their models to include something called Secure Access Service Edge, which is pronounced SASE. Uh, mm -hmm. Craig, I know that VMware has really been leading the way when it comes to SASE. Do we see some of these benefits of security when we're trying to do this transition from our on-premises workloads and data into cloud through a cloud gateway? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of overlap here in these, these two topics. You know, SASE is about distributing security closer to the users. You know, a lot of modern security techniques like RBI and sandboxing, they need the benefits of cloud compute, but you also have to be proximate to users from a latency perspective. So we put them in points of presence close to the users. And then it's all about how do I get high quality, low latency access to those security services? And now that's the same thing that we were delivering with the cloud gateways. Now you tie in security. And now not only do you get you know, encryption to protect your traffic end to end, but also you can seamlessly service chain in, say, anti-malware, secure web gateway, remote browser isolation, all of these security functions in the same place without an additional hop, without a second pass of, you know, man in the middle happening. And you get not just end-to-end -end encryption, but also security services inserted in line on the way to whatever cloud you're going to. 
Yeah, I, I I like all of that. Now I'll just I'll warn you, Craig. I'm an old school networking person. I I have configured RIP in a network on purpose more than once. And some of those terminologies that you're flying around with, you know, like point of presence and and you know all of these these co-location things in the cloud. Uh, it's a little weird for me. And Paul, when we were doing the briefing before we started this, you and I were both kind of talking about the fact that guys like me who are really big into traditional enterprise networking, the transition to doing cloud networking could be kind of difficult. Why don't you give us a little of your perspective on kind of how those things are different? Yeah, that's a, it's a good point, Tom. And, uh, and one of the things that I think often is an early mistake that we see as people start to make that transition to public cloud is they forget the networking elements. You know, we, we take all of that good experience that we have inside of our enterprise networking, you know, kind of all that experience you were talking about, Tom. You know, we take that experience and then we throw it all away and just assume that the cloud magically happens. Uh, and I think the guys have all made really good points so far in for me that where this kind of technology sits and whether cloud gateways are the thing that you need i think what you do absolutely need is a rethink of the way that you design your network infrastructure and a rethink about the way we deliver networking and i think particularly as we look back through 2020 and, and all the things that have happened and the way that our enterprises have changed into these far more distributed models of, of delivery the way we deliver networking out to our end users out to our customers is, is hugely different. You know, we've gone from the idea of all of our users sat in one office, all of our IT sat in a data center to a much more distributed way of working. And we need to support that distributed way of working. So like I said, whether it's a cloud gateway, that's just a bit of terminology. The idea that we must absolutely rethink the way we deliver networking in this kind of modern distributed cloud focused world is absolutely crucial for me. Yeah, I, I I get hives every time I think about unlearning all of those those beautiful equations that I had to memorize to pass some of my tests. So, I, I mean, I know I need to change. I'm I'm no different than the people who used to think that telephones involved punching down wires into a 66 block. But I also know that certain technology partners kind of ease that transition because they can get, provide you with something that feels familiar it has a lot of power behind it that is capable of easing that transition. Now, Craig, I'm going to come back to you because obviously as the person in the room who has the most experience kind of building these kinds of solutions for engineers, how can VMware SD-WAN kind of help us with that transition, taking the old networking that we know and bridging it to the new networking we're going to need to know? So one of the great things about the cloud gateways is, you know, you talked about new terminology like points of presence and things like that. You don't need to know that terminology. Uh, you don't need to know those things when the solution is delivered as a service. So you're managing your enterprise network the same way you were before. And now as a service, some of these components are being introduced as additional layers on top. Yeah, I, I think the the entire idea behind networking for us, at least in that are, you know, VMware engineers are, is changing. I mean, we're, we're moving to NSX now, right? In the data center and all the services that come along with NSX and a lot of this being built upon NSX. So there's a paradigm shift in place that we have to move away from. Tom, cover your ears. Uh, to traditional data center networking, uh, physical networking to a more logical networking um, uh, perspective. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, my ears are on fire right now because you're telling me that that all of these skills that I've acquired don't matter as much. But I also understand that the way that users use their technology doesn't look the same as it did anymore. Because, I mean, when we think about the way that we used to do things in an office, you know, we had a laptop and we had all these heavy programs that needed to constantly check in with local databases. 
And now it all runs in applications, apps on a mobile device, on an iPad or some other kind of tablet. And the way that that network needs to perform is radically different. We gain inherent bonuses. I don't have to worry as much about failover if I have a sound strategy, but I also have to worry more about things like performance. So let's say we run into a situation. Um, as we're recording this podcast, we're getting close to the holiday season in the US. And if anybody's ever tried to surf the web on Black Friday, you know that that's almost impossible because there's a lot of congestion for people that want a $99 television set from a big box retailer. You need to have a technology that is capable of intelligently rerouting traffic around these congestion points, or worse, um, if someone manages to find a fiber seeking backhoe and take out the connection to one of your data centers, you need to have a device that can reroute around that. Now, um, of course, I'm sure that VMware has that. So Craig, what are some of the ways that VMware SD-WAN is solving these performance and reliability challenges for potential customers? Yeah, and you know, routing around problems is is always good, but in a lot of cases, and Black Friday is a great example, there is no routing around problems because even if I have multiple links, all of the links are congested at the same time. And so, you know, we have a variety of different error correction methodologies that we apply from forward error correction to NAC in our layer uh, that we use to address issues that happen in the last mile. And a lot of people might think, well, you know, Office 365, for instance, I'm on a Skype for Business call, they have built in forward error correction, so why do I need that in my network layer? But you know, one of the principles of distributed computing we all know is that if everybody's connection is bad and Skype has to do error correction for every user at the same time, they're gonna run into a challenge of scalability of, of their own error correction. And so being able to distribute it down into the network layer uh, just makes it work better for everyone in that regard. So whether it's interactive or bulk or real-time traffic, uh, we have different techniques we apply to address those congestion points. And I think that one of the things we also need to realize kind of along the, the, the lines of, of Paul's comment earlier is the way that we need to rethink the way we do networking. I think we're also seeing a huge transitional shift in the way that we do compute in the cloud. A lot of folks are still kind of stuck in this methodology of heavy VMs that need to be moved around like big elephants at the zoo, when what we're really seeing a lot of is these smaller, more agile deployment units, um, containers are the most popular one right now, where it's not so much a question of how long is it going to take me to get this thing spun up, it's how long does this thing live and how close can I get it to my users to be able to effectively use that. And I think that that's something that, that SD-WAN is really capable of doing. Paul, have you ever had this experience where you know users are expecting a certain kind of networking performance out of their uh, traditional network, moving into their cloud network, but it's because they're thinking about their IT deployment strategy in, an, in a maybe an older fashion? Yeah, I think if, if I was to sit here saying that I've never seen users complain about network performance, um, then you'd be asking the question, do I even work in IT? Um, you know, because because the reality is that, you know, and I kind of wanted to go back to something you said earlier on, Tom, you know, th th this idea that we need to rethink and relearn the way that we consider all of our IT infrastructure. You know, today's conversation absolutely around kind of the way we think about networking. Uh, and, and that's crucially important because the network is kind of at the core of, of this modernization movement that, that, that we're in right now as people do rethink the way we deliver applications, rethink the user experience. But to maybe to make you feel better, I think it's important that we don't forget some of those kind of enterprise 
enterprise qualities that we've learned traditionally, you know, the importance of resilience, the importance of performance, the importance of design, you know, and understanding what our infrastructure is going to look like. I think what, what we need to make sure is that we, we, we have that shift because not only are the technologies changing, but I think you've just kind of t talked about there that the user expectation is changing hugely. You know, let's blame the kind of, let's blame Apple, let's blame Google for, app stores where people press a button something just appears and it just operates that's how we expect our it to be delivered today so you know technology like cloud gateways you know and the way we rethink networking from a security point of view from a performance point of view i think crucially from an automation management and scale point of view th these are all hugely crucial points but i think if we wrap that around in that kind of enterprise um enterprise experience that we all have where we realize the importance of security reliability resilience performance for our for our users the end user experience you know if we, if we kind of wrap that that around this these the shifts in technology that we're having that should allow us to deliver a much better user experience whether that's to our customers or our internal staff um and across our business you know it's it, that let's not throw away the good things that we've learned because we've got excited by shiny new baubles maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the thing i'll take away from today uh, Greg, is that something that you've experienced in in your uh, particular perspective? That there's you know friction around these old versus new deployment models and user happiness, and you know things should just work like they do on insert name of App Store here. Is that something that your customers are asking you for? Is this kind of ease of experience? Well, absolutely. I think the the issues that we're seeing is, um, I mean, for me specifically speaking about VDI, that's like my primary thing is VDI. And anytime you take away somebody's, you know, shiny physical CPU underneath their desk and tell them now you're going to get a thin client and you're using VDI immediately, the very first time it takes more than five seconds to load a web page, they're complaining, saying that it's a virtual thing, it's a VDI related thing. Um, that's the kind of things we're seeing. And I think, you know, with the with the situation we're in now with COVID, it has really pushed us into having to adopt these things more frequently and and more rapidly. So I'm, I'm getting organizations now that are feeling thrust into this where before they were kind of just, you know, tentatively dipping their toes in the water just to see how it would go. Let's set up a proof of concept for five to 10 seats. That, that, that we don't have time for that anymore. We have users that can't come into the corporate office and we have to shift our thinking to more of, okay, well now I have to adopt this. And now that I have to adopt this, I'm experiencing these pain points with WAN optimization what the heck do I do now is kind of where a lot of these IT teams are at that don't have the experience up till now where they've been thrust into having to do these kind of things. They haven't had the experience with this kind of stuff. So, you know, bringing in that WAN optimization is key for these groups because immediately users are going to experience what, you know, I hate the term new normal, but it's more of a new abnormal that we're living in now. Like we, you know, this this may be how it is going forward for, you know, the, the time being is it's going to be a remote situation. And if they don't have that WAN optimization in place to where they can still experience the same level of performance they had when they were sitting at their desks, it's going to cause a lot of pain points for a lot of companies. So. Yeah, I know that some of the the topics that we've brought up on on other recordings that we've done, you know, the the idea of my home network just not being up to par is difficult to reconcile because I can't just call and order a new circuit like I would if I worked in an enterprise. I, I'm kind of stuck. Uh, you know, I'm I'm at the mercy of my provider. Um, Craig, from the VMware perspective, 
is it easy to kind of deploy these solutions as they come up where it's like, okay, well, we know that this group of people is going to be at home now. So we, we really need to deploy some kind of a, a, a cloud gateway close to this Office 365 endpoint. Um, can that scale up and out quickly? Because that's one of the problems I've always seen in the past is, oh, well, we'll stick this piece of hardware out here and we'll let it run until someone complains. And then, I don't know, maybe we drop 10,000 users at home and the VPN concentrator falls over. I mean, is that something that that the VMware approach allows is, is for this to massively scale if necessary? Yeah, I mean, one of the benefits of the cloud gateways is that they are multi-tenant, they are horizontally scalable, and they do support that sort of rapid adoption uh, of users in a geography. Uh, a great example of this is we had a customer who, when the shift happened from work from office to work from home, they had 9,000 users go home in the same metropolitan area in Texas. And they shipped them all edges and they got them all online on SD-WAN from their homes in nine days. And thanks to the horizontal scalability of our gateways in that region, we were able to absorb the load. It wasn't like, like you mentioned, you know, a classic data center VPN concentrator where I'm scrambling to deploy more boxes or something like that. Um, so that's one of the, the key advantages. Yeah, I think that that's something that a lot of people seek from a proper cloud uh, model is this ability to scale elastically to any size and to handle almost anything I throw at it. Now, of course, there are always going to be exceptions. But I think one thing I want to come back to that we kind of mentioned in the opening, and maybe it's it's something for those of you out there who are listening at home, and you're probably nodding your head as we're going along and saying, yeah, yeah, this is exactly what I need. But you look around your desk virtually, and you realize that your company is kind of mired in the middle of this transition. You're, you're not sure which way to go. You, you need to have a win. You need to check some things off your list and make the lives easier for the non-technical users out there. I want to ask our guests here, starting with uh, Mr. Stringfellow, What's one piece of advice that you can give people when it comes to this transition? How can they take advantage of things, say like cloud gateways, to help accelerate themselves past the point where they're at in their cloud transition if they're seeing friction or having challenges? Yeah, so it's a really good question. And I think that the, the thing I'd, I'd always be looking at when we start to look at cloud is to, to, to almost take that step back a little and understand what's the outcome I'm after. You know, what am I, what am I trying to do? What am I trying to drive for my, my end users? You know, what, what is it that they are looking for in terms of the way we service our applications out to them? So, so for me, it's about taking a look at what, what, what I want to, to achieve, the, the kind of the end goal, and then starting to look at, okay, well, one, can I do that with what I've got? The likelihood is we've, we've kind of touched on that today is that that we can't because we don't have that capability to scale. We don't have that capability to automate. I think they're the kind of things that we need to be looking at is to, is to go back and look at when we need to scale quickly, when we need to deliver things quickly, let's understand how do we go about doing that? You know, And, and, I, and I think that's an investment in automation it's an investment in cultural change uh, it's an investment in making sure that we don't have our it folk you know holding on to our traditional ways because like you tom they're terrified that they will that, you know that they their massive skill sets and experience will no longer be wanted you know it's making sure that they're, they're part of that and and that they understand the needs you know that changing need of the way we're working it's kind of the thing that, that greg and craig have both touched on you know the way that we're going to work today the gene is out the bottle they, they, you know we're not shoving all these people back into offices we're going to continue 
continue to work this way. So let's start to think long-term and how we start to address those kind of long-term scale automation, managerial security problems. You know, and it's, it's, to, it's to look at how we, how we modernize that entire approach. Greg, what are some thoughts that you have around this? How can people who are stuck in a cloud transition leverage these technologies to get past a point where it's kind of rolling downhill, basically? Sure. Yeah, so I'll give it from two perspectives. From a user perspective, from an end user perspective, it's 100% patience-based. Um, we, like I said, we get thrust into this situation. Nobody was, I don't know that anybody was prepared for this kind of thing unless you'd already been doing a 100% remote work from home type situation in your in your office space. Uh, so a, a, a patience situation is best approach uh, anyways, and then bringing your concerns to your management team so that some things can get put into play. It's, it's good to understand where the pain points are. Is it, um, you know, is it, is it surfing the web? Is it specific applications that are slow, et cetera, et cetera. From a uh, engineering perspective, I think it's 100% flexibility. We've got to be flexible. And we've talked about this many times in this podcast is that we have these, you know, these tried and true skill sets that we've relied on, whether it's, you know, your CCNA or BCP or whatever it may be, or MCSE, you got to be able to be flexible and shift your thinking to, okay, how, how can I solve this problem kind of outside the box? Um, and that's, that, I think that's key is flexibility, being able to say, okay, now I've got to learn a different, maybe a different skill set while leveraging some of my strengths from my other skill sets. So. You're right. Um, now, Craig, obviously kind of you're speaking on behalf of some of the folks from VMware. What's some advice that you can give to folks about how to leverage these technologies while also kind of thinking about what Paul and Greg have said and, and kind of helping potential um, VMware customers out there understand what advantages you guys can bring to the table? Yeah, I, you know, I hear a lot from the beginning of my career about concern about my skill sets being automated away or made made unnecessary and you know i'm a network engineer myself at heart and so you know the last thing i want to do is put my brethren out of work uh building a solution i, I think what sd-wan and a lot of these technologies are really about is automating away some of the minutiae that we used to deal with on jobs and letting us focus on things like network architecture, like resiliency design I heard mentioned earlier, you know, things are changing faster than they ever have before in networking. That was true pre-COVID, that's certainly true now. New applications are emerging all the time. Things are shifting from the data center to the cloud. Users are shifting from offices remote. There's a lot on our plates. And so to be able to offload some of the things that I used to deal with, something as simple as complaints about my last mile connection going down, something as simple as my VPN connection isn't working, right? Uh, every, every cycle that we can save our networking staff from dealing with those things by letting something like VMware SD-WAN automate a lot of that away is more cycles that can be spent on ensuring that the transformation is designed properly and that everything goes smoothly. And so, I think that's really where the power of these kind of solutions like cloud gateways come in. If you can take away the need for me to do a lot of things I used to have to do in the legacy networking world to deliver that experience, that on-prem experience to my users for cloud apps, then I can focus on the next app, the next security evolution, the next shift from users working in office to working remote and not be bogged down in the details of some of these other problems. 
And I think that that's a good message to take away for anybody out there who might be watching. When you think about these kinds of transformations that your enterprise and your organization is going through, and you're looking at technology to implement that helps smooth that transition, look at the pieces that help you really fix the problems that are taking all of your time. Uh, we always refer to folks in IT as firefighters. We're constantly running around putting out fires. Well, the best firefighters in the world are the ones who don't let the fire start in the first place. They're always looking forward. They're looking at how to make things better. And that's what you need to do. So if it's a job that can be taken off of your plate, if it's some kind of a software issue that can be resolved before it becomes a problem for your users, that's the kind of technology that you really want to embrace. And that will help resolve a lot of the friction that you're seeing, that will help uh, speed the transformation and keep your users happy. And with happier users and happier IT people, Overall, I think what you're going to find is that these cloud you know, transitions are not as scary as you might think, provided you have the right tools at your disposal to make those happen. I want to thank our guests for joining us today. This is a great discussion about uh, cloud and cloud gateways, but I especially want to thank our friends from VMware for being a part of this. Now, Craig, if people want to find out a little bit more about VMware SD-WAN and cloud gateways, where can they go to learn about it? So our website is still velocloud.com. We haven't migrated all the content over to the VMware website yet. So you can find more there. Uh, and again, my Twitter handle is at egregious. Feel free to ask me any questions. All right. And for myself, Tom Hollingsworth, for our friends at VMware and our great guests who joined us today, I want to thank you for tuning in to the On-Premise IT Roundtable. Remember that the latest episode of this podcast can always be found at gestaltit.com slash podcast. You can also listen to us in your favorite podcast application of choice. And while you're there, if you would do us a favor and leave us a rating and a review, either in your podcast application or even on iTunes, we really appreciate that because it helps people out there who may not be aware of us, find great premises like the one that we discussed today and learn something and possibly even give us some setup for some more great premises in the future. So thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to tuning into the next episode of the Gestalt IT on-premise IT roundtable. And until then, take care and have a good day.